If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. I want them to enter rooms, to enter classrooms, to be involved in different things without this lens of their portrayal on the internet. And I never want them to feel like they are a part of a performance. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. If you read the title of this podcast episode or you follow me online, today I am sharing a little bit more about our decision to no longer share our children's faces on the internet. We have had a lot of discussions behind the scenes over the years about this very topic, and today I am bringing this topic to the mic and to you. I'm going to be talking about our decision, how we got here, our history in sharing, the challenges of making this decision, and ultimately how it's felt with the shift in the way that we create and share around our lives. I hope that this is an interesting discussion for you to listen to. Let's dive on in. Pop quiz, who do you think is more popular these days, Taylor Swift or ChatGPT? Now, although our feeds are flooded with hype around the era's tour, ChatGPT is actually beating Taylor Swift in search volume, which tells us that the AI revolution is upon us. That's why HubSpot's brand new AI power tools, Content Assistant and ChatSpot are all the rage. Content Assistant helps you brainstorm, create and share content in a flash all inside a super easy to use CRM. And ChatSpot, which runs on OpenAI's GPT powered tech, automates all the manual tasks inside of HubSpot to help you engage more customers, close more deals and scale your business faster. Both are designed to help you get more done, stand out amongst the competition, and work smarter, not harder. Find out more about how to use AI to grow your business at HubSpot.com slash artificial dash intelligence. Again, that's HubSpot.com slash artificial dash intelligence to check out these tools for yourself. 
I feel like this goes without saying, but I first just want to kick off this conversation saying, I'm not an expert in this. I am an experimenter and I'm sharing the results that my experiment has yielded for me personally. I also want you to know that I do not judge whatever you choose to do and how you navigate the online world in regards to your life and your family's lives. This is not meant to be any sort of conversation that feels condemning. The opposite. I want this to be a podcast episode that you listen to that maybe enlightens you or leaves some questions in your mind that only you can answer. So I'm just going to very candidly walk through how we got to here, to this place where we have decided that we no longer want to show our children's faces on the internet. So first things first, I have been thinking about this for a very long time. I feel like I have been on this internal battle since Coco was born of like, what is sacred? What do we share? How much do we share? What does this sharing look like? What is she involved in? And it's something that I've grappled with. I've even talked about it on this show. And I can think of certain instances where I am in conversation with other parents saying, I don't know the answers here. Like I think about this all the time. It is something that has taken up so much brain space in my life of figuring out what does this look like? What do boundaries look like? What is the difference between privacy and secrets? How do we navigate this in a way that feels good and lets people in, but also keeps the sacredness of our family? And it's interesting because anytime I bring it up with other moms specifically, they have the same internal dialogue that I have. I mean, if you really think about it, we are like the first generation bringing another generation up in this digital era. Like our parents didn't have to go through this. They didn't have to make these decisions. And it's something that we're navigating without a roadmap. And so for me, I have thought about this forever. And it's something that Drew and I have talked about a lot And we've gone back and forth on what does this look like? What feels good to us? What makes sense? It was really interesting because Mother's Day, there was just something about it this year where it was like the final straw for me. I don't know how to describe it. And we went out to brunch with my family and we got home and I was just thinking about like, what do I want to share about Mother's Day? Because Mother's Day historically for me, has been a really challenging day. There were three years of my life where Mother's Day was the worst. And this year, you know, I was thinking about, you know, how do I want to celebrate being a mom? And how do I want to share my kids? And all of a sudden, I just had this very like instinctual reaction of like, I don't think I want to share my kids anymore. And I sat down with Drew and I'm like so formal when it comes to making these decisions. I am like an all or nothing person. It's always how I've been. It's just something within me. And so I was like, for the next 30 days, I don't want to share the kids' faces. And he was like, okay, cool. And I was like, no, like, listen to me. Like, I'm going to do this for the next 30 days. We are not sharing the kids' faces. And he's like, okay, cool. And I was like, no, like, this is a big deal. Like, we're going to do this. And so... I had to kind of create this like incubator of this experiment for me. And we chose to not announce it. Like I was very, very cautious in how I wanted to navigate the change and just like experiment with it and see how it went. And I didn't want any pressure from other people. I didn't want to announce it and make a big deal about it. I just wanted to try it out and see how it felt as a creator, how it felt as a mom, how it felt navigating, you know, sharing my life online and kind of making this shift. And so it was really interesting because Mother's Day was the 
first day where I was like, okay, we're done. We're just done, which is such an interesting thing because I think as a mom, it just speaks to like some of those maternal instincts that you might have. And that's usually a day where you're like blitzing your kids all over the internet because they're the cutest dang things on planet earth. And being a mom is the best and hardest job of your life. And for me, it was this day of like, recognizing that my children are like the most important thing to me in my entire life. And for me right now, I am making this choice to give them more privacy and to protect them. It was just a really interesting thing. You know, it's interesting because we've been kind of experiencing this shift in our lives for years and we've just never talked about it. Drew used to share a ton of his life online. In fact, I loved, you know, seeing that like stay at home dad role being really proudly shared. And Drew used to post multiple times a week and let people in on his life as a stay at home dad. And he kind of had a last straw moment years ago. And what's interesting is, and what people don't really understand is that we have people that impersonate our accounts on a daily basis. They rip off our photos. They create fake Bitcoin accounts and try to scam people using our images. And that also includes images of our children. And I remember the first time that Drew, this was brought to Drew's attention. We both just like felt sick to our stomach and they weren't doing anything like bad with our photos, but they were just using them. And it was like this reminder of like what you put on the internet, you can't control. And when that happened, Drew just stopped sharing. Like he was like, I hate this. And I totally get that. I understand that it took me longer to get to that point. And again, we have always been pretty private in what we share about our children and how we like censor things and what is on the internet. But just kind of seeing that lack of control of what happens when you put things onto the internet, that was it for Drew. He stopped sharing. I think he's posted maybe twice in the last two years. And so it's something that we've literally been talking about forever. For me, it's also been really interesting as Coco grows up, she is starting to get recognized in places. We went to get our nails done a month or two ago at a nail salon and someone recognized her before they recognized me. And that was a really like hard stop moment for me as a mom of like, she is now at this age where people can go up to her and they feel like they know her and she doesn't know them. And she gave me this look in her eyes of like, mom, who is this person? And it really like made me pull back of like, Oh my gosh, like, I know how to navigate this. I chose this. This was my choice. But as a child, like she doesn't get it. And like, she's so smart. So like, she knows who our friends are. She knows all of that. She knows what I do for a living as much as a four and a half year old brain can conceptualize it. But at that moment at the nail salon, it really kind of woke me up to a lot of different things. It really got me thinking about this a lot more seriously of just like, this career, this platform, it's my choice. And she was not at all offended or turned off or anything. But I just saw the questions in her eyes of like, how does this person know who I am? And like, I don't know who they are. And like, that to me, was a big wake up call, right? Like, just in the sense of having her navigate life on her terms, and what does that look like? And also from a place of protection, right? You know, we're really fortunate that we are always with our kids. We don't have outside help and we've never had outside help since Coco was born. 
beyond my mom coming to babysit graciously every so often. We've had one other person watch our kids, and that has been for a handful of date nights. And that's one of Conley's school teachers. And so, you know, we have a very, very tight circle and we're always with our children and navigate situations like that. Like if we meet you guys out in the real world, it's amazing. Like I absolutely love meeting our listeners and my readers and people that are a part of this platform. It is like honestly something that just lights a fire in me. But I also want to approach it from a place that feels protective of my children. And so that was just kind of a moment where I was like, okay, uh, we're getting to a point where she's old enough to understand these things. People are, you know, able to recognize her. Like, what does this look like? You know, it's interesting because I have been able to kind of watch other people make this transition online. People that I respect. One of my favorite accounts that I follow is Amber Fillerup. And she's a very successful entrepreneur. She was also a really big blogger. And she was a mommy blogger for a long time, amongst other things that she shares. And she made this transition years ago. And me watching her do it, and being so curious about like, how is she going to navigate this from a content standpoint? What is this going to look like? Like, I know her children's names. Like, I was always very connected to her relationship with her kids. And I was so lucky to be able to, as I started to kind of have these deeper inklings and want to experiment without showing our kids faces online, I was able to reach out to people like Amber and have conversations like, what did this look like for you? And how has it impacted you? And one thing that Amber said to me privately that just really, really resonated with me is she said, I fear that down the line, we could regret sharing our kids. And she said, I just had this hunch that I will never regret keeping their privacy sacred. And that really, really stood with me. And it's interesting because watching someone like Amber do it, and make that transition and no longer share her kids' faces online for years, she still shares motherhood in a way that I relate to, in a way that resonates while maintaining her kids' privacies. And what's so interesting to me as a follower is that I just have a deep respect for her as a mother. Like I love that choice for her and for her kids. And I hope that people that are watching us make this change too. I hope that they understand that. I think at the root of it, most of us can understand a shift like this, especially with a really public platform. But I also think too, I hope that there's also this respect for that choice. And so far, that's what I've experienced. You know, it's really interesting. We're in this era and I kind of touched on it, but like the first mommy bloggers children are now coming into adulthood. I was just talking to someone the other day and do you guys remember that show on TLC, John and Kate plus eight? Like those kids are now adults and there's just so much coming out of these kids who are kind of forced into the limelight or forced into these different platforms coming out. And some of them, you know, expressing some of the benefits of it, of course, but also expressing some of the detriments of what that was for them, for their privacy, for their upbringing, for their expectations around them and their lives. And it's just such an interesting time to be a parent and to be navigating these conversations and these decisions and trying to figure out what does this look like? You know, for a long time when I was kind of on the fence about it, there's this part of me that's like, well, everyone shares their kids. You know, people with 200 followers share their kids. People with 2 million followers share their kids. Everyone shares their kids. That's just a part of the internet. Like every kid is going to have, you know, this digital scrapbook of their life when they grow up. And there's a part of me that kind of used that excuse of like, well, everyone's doing it as like, well, it's okay. Obviously, it's okay that we're doing this. And it's so interesting because, you know, 
looking back, I don't want to say I regret sharing our kids. I don't because for me, especially after the journey that we went through to get to them, like I feel like Coco, I feel like I'm going to get emotional, but like, I feel like Coco's existence was like this bright shining light for so many people who navigate miscarriage, who navigate those seasons of waiting and sharing her was just like such a joy. It was like this breath of fresh air after such a struggle. Right. And for so many people that followed us so closely through our journey of navigating loss and trying again and trying again. And what does this look like? And how do we pivot the business to support the life and all these things showing like there is hope. There's this light at the end of the tunnel that you might be in. You know, it was such a blessing and I don't necessarily regret it. There are things that I would maybe do differently and maybe I'll share those because maybe if you don't have children yet or you're thinking about having children or you're hoping to have children, one thing that I wish I would have maybe done differently is not share my children's full names on the internet and share just nicknames from the very beginning. I had given this advice to one of my friends who has a very public platform, millions of followers. And ever since her son was born, she's only shared his first initial. And I had shared that with her of just like, I kind of wish I would have just shared a nickname so that their full names aren't searchable, like things like that. Like I, looking back, I maybe would have done that differently. And it's really interesting because when I announced this shift in how we were showing up, there are a few people that were like, it's too late. It's too late. You've already shared them. Why are you making this shift now? Blah, blah, blah. And to me, it is never too late to change your mind. It is never too late to evolve. It is never too late to say I was wrong or it's never too late to say I'm going to try something different. Like I don't buy into that. I don't buy into that idea that it's too late. I think that now is the best time to move forward. And that's exactly what we're doing. You know, it was interesting because I'm a part of this mastermind with other moms who happen to be CEOs. It's a CEO mama mastermind led by my friend, Natalie Ellis. And on one of the calls, we had this deep discussion about this topic. And I feel like almost every single mom on that call, especially moms with personal brands, talked about this, this wavering idea of like, should I, shouldn't I, what can I share? You know, how should I share? What do I say? Like, all of these things. And I just think it's a conversation that needs to be had and brought up more, especially for those of us who share motherhood as an aspect of our brand. Let's be honest, right? Like it is a part of our personality, but it's also a piece of our brand. And I have always been super conscious around what does it look like in terms of like children as content? Like that is not something I've ever felt in my journey of motherhood of like, I'm just using my kids for content. I know people can think that watching different people navigate motherhood on the internet, specifically people who do share motherhood content. But I've always tried to approach it from this place of like, this is my experience in motherhood. And this is how I'm navigating motherhood, trying to tell my side of the story without trying to fill in the blanks of theirs. And it was just so interesting having this conversation with all these high level CEOs of like, motherhood is such a huge part of our identities. It's a huge part of our lives. It's a huge part of how we do business. It's a huge part of why we do business. So how do we navigate that? And so it was really interesting because in my experiment, I experimented for 30 days and didn't tell anyone. I literally told my mom and my sister and that was it. 
And I did this experiment for 30 days. And then I started talking about it a little bit more behind the scenes with some of my friends. And it was so interesting because I pulled my audience when we were about 30 days into the shift and said, have you noticed any changes in my content? And it was so fascinating because about 50% of my audience had noticed that I stopped sharing their faces. And the other half of my audience had no idea, right? You know, we have still been sharing our kids, just no faces. And I honestly don't know if we'll eventually transition to not sharing them at all. I'm not there yet, but I could see it going that direction. We'll see. But not sharing their faces feels like a really good starting place and also a way for me to still show my life because my kids are with me all the time. They're at the grocery store right now and I'm praying they're not going to come busting into this room as I record this, but we're together all the time. Our family unit is always together. My kids are a huge part of my life. I'm there every day when they wake up. I'm there putting them to sleep every night. Like it is a massive part of my life. It's a huge part of my why. And so to just like wipe out and obliterate that piece of my life, especially in how I show up, doesn't feel right. And so not showing their faces feels like a really great step in a direction of, again, maintaining their privacy and their identities while still allowing me to connect in a way of like, this is my life. This is my reality right now, right? This is how we're navigating it. Quick recommendation for you. If you love Gold Digger, check out My First Million hosted by Sam Parr and Sean Purry. Brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, My First Million features guests like Alex Ramosi, Sophia Amoruso, and Rob Deerdeck. They're sharing their secrets on how they made their first million and how to apply their learnings to capitalize on today's business trends and opportunities. I was just listening to them talk about Sean's AI plan dinner with tech billionaires, something I cannot relate to, but I am utterly curious about. And it was honestly so clever and also hilarious how he used ChatGPT to create the menu. You're going to love their candid business conversations, industry observations, and world-class advice. Listen to My First Million today, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and I was there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. You're already so close to having everything you need to transform your ideas, those little sparks into your brain into something real. 
far too many good dreams die before they've had the chance to grow. Fear stomps them out. Lack of planning keeps them quiet. And we're committed to changing that today. Are you ready? My Gold Digger Printable Planner is here to help you map out every plan, list, tracker, and prompt that you need in order to achieve your personal goals, your business dreams, or your wellness vision. Whatever your ideas are, you are equipped to plan and play. Snag the Gold Digger Planner at jennacutcher.com slash Planner for the resources to get that dream down on paper so that it can finally grow. That's jennacutcher.com slash Planner. So what's interesting is, and I've talked about this before, but I kind of want to bring it up, is that like social media has been amazing for me, my business, and my family. Like it's been a huge piece of the puzzle in terms of how I've been able to grow what I've grown, how I've been able to navigate a decade of entrepreneurship, how I've been able to pivot multiple times. And one of the decisions that we made very early on is any content that our children are in where we are getting paid to create that content, our kids get every penny of it. So our children have six figures of earnings by the age of one that wouldn't have been possible without social media. And I really had to weigh it out early on and say, you know, is my kid when they're 25 years old, is my kid going to be upset with me that I got paid thousands of dollars for them to be sleeping in a dock tot? And to be in a photo. And I had to make that decision early on. And I thought, no, I thought this is going to give us incredible savings for our children's futures. This is money that is safely and securely theirs. This is money that they've earned. This is money set aside for them and their futures. And I can see so much benefit that social media has brought us as a family. And making this decision to shift and not share their faces. What's really been interesting to me is that any brand inquiries that we get that involve anything with children, when I share that this is our intent is to not share children's faces, is this still a good fit? The brands understand. In fact, they're like encouraging of it. It was really interesting because the month that I decided to pivot our approach to online sharing was a month that I had a few different sponsorships that did involve children. One was sharing the girls' room reveals with Pottery Barn. And I had to reshoot all the content. Like I was just so set on like, I'm going to do this. And Pottery Barn was amazing about it. And it was super easy to still share that content without sharing their faces. And so if you're wondering, like, is it possible if you're someone who has been able to monetize your content creation process, just expressing that boundary, like I have not yet encountered a brand that isn't okay with that. And I think that's really powerful. And I also think it just puts the power back in our hands as parents. And so we're going to continue navigating that and navigating, you know, putting money aside for our children's future as we are able to from the content we create online, but also doing it just in a different way. And so I think that was really good because that was a concern of mine is like, this is something that's important to us. This is something that we want to do for our kids and for their futures. And it's also something that's never been forced. So like, if you have ever met Coco in real life, that girl would love to like have her own YouTube channel. Like she sends audio notes to people. She sits behind the microphone and records herself. She loves being on camera. Like 
this has never come from a place of like our kids don't want it. And I don't think they're old enough to understand it yet, which is why we're just making that decision for them right now. But like we've never forced our kids to perform or to show up in a way that they haven't wanted to. And so it's interesting because I know of people in my life whose kids are like, mom, do not share me. I don't want to be on the internet. Like they have expressed that desire and and I hope that their parents match that. But for us, like Coco, that girl would be on camera all day, every day. And so it's just an interesting to kind of navigate that. My camera roll is filled with videos and photos and voice memos of her. So let's break down some of the challenges of it, because these are some of the things that held me back from making this actual decision. So it's really interesting. At the very beginning, it was harder for me to not share. I was so used to the practice of sharing them. I'll remember one of the first weekends of making the shift of not sharing their faces. I took the cutest, the cutest picture of my girls on Lake Superior. The sky is blue. They are smiling. It is like my favorite picture of all time. When I close my eyes, I just smile thinking about it. And I remember just being like, oh, I just want to post it. It's just so cute. And then I had to really like ask myself, why do I need to share this? And why do a million strangers on the internet need to see this? And instead I was like, who could I text this image to that knows my kids and actually cares? And the list was pretty small. It was like, you know, my parents, you know, a couple friends I sent it to them. Look at how cute they are. Oh my gosh, my friends got to see them. And it really took me like, you know, a little bit of time to like deconstruct, like, why does someone else need to see this? Why do I need to share this? What is the purpose of it? And so at the beginning, it was interesting because I had just been in the habit of sharing that. And so I really had to ask myself, even today, I took this really cute video and you can kind of, kind of see Quinny's face in it. And I was about to post it and I pulled back and I said, no, like, why do I need to share that? I don't need to share that. If there was even a question mark around it in my brain of like, again, are their faces showing, you know, I just had to really, I've gotten way more introspective of that. Like who really needs to see this and why do they need to see that? Another challenge of it is just having to think through, like, if we are going to share parenthood content, you know, how are we getting content that we feel good about that we feel is good and safe to share? And what does that process look like in shooting it? You know, most of the time when you take photos, you want people to look at you and smile. And so it's been interesting, Drew and I navigating, like just capturing life's moments, both with our kids' faces for our own personal memories, but without our kids' faces, if we are choosing to share it. And so that's been a little bit interesting just because in the past, we didn't really think about it. You have to be a little bit more thoughtful in the creation process, but it's been really fun for me. Like as a content creator, I've been creating content for over a decade. It's been a fun challenge of thinking through, why do I want to share this? What is the purpose in sharing it? And how do I want to shoot that content in a way? And so it's just been a challenge, but it's been kind of a fun challenge. It's also been a little bit of like double the work in the sense of like, we want photos with our kids' faces so that someday we don't look at our camera roll and be like, wait, why do we only have photos at the backs of their heads? And so it's been a little bit of like, okay, these are just for our personal memories. These are what we're sharing online. And, you know, it's really interesting because when I started to navigate this change, one of the biggest challenges was is like, I didn't even want to share that we were making this shift because I was really worried that if down the road, we change our mind, which guess what, I change my mind all the time. But if down the road, we do change our mind, I didn't want to be seen as a hypocrite or someone that's selling out or something like that. Like I was worried to even like share it with my closest friends of like, hey, we're making this shift. Because then I was like, what if like five months from now, I change my mind? And here's what's interesting. I feel fairly confident in my decision 
now that I'm not as concerned about changing my mind. It's now just become second nature in how I'm showing up and what I'm sharing. And so at the very beginning, I just had a lot of doubt of like, is this feasible? Is this doable? Am I going to be able to follow through on this to the point where like, I didn't even want to admit it. One thing that was really interesting to navigate with this and something that we haven't fully like figured out what it will look like is just what it looks like in terms of our family and friends It was really interesting when I shared this shift with my mom. Of course, she was like incredibly supportive. But, you know, being a grandparent, like sharing your grandkids is like one of your greatest joys, right? And she totally understood and thought it was a smart move. But also, too, I could feel like the questions of like, okay, what does this mean for me? And and how do we do this? And like, we don't have the answers on all of that. Like, I don't know if you'll never see my kids' faces on the internet until they're 18, or if we'll choose to share one or two moments throughout the year, like their birthdays or Christmas, just so that we have those personal memories. I don't know. We don't know yet. We haven't gotten to that place of like, this is the hard and fast rules for us as a family. And so we basically just expressed this shift with those that are closest to us. And we're kind of just figuring it out on a case by case basis. Like maybe my mom can still post her annual, you know, with the grandkids photo and just not tag us in it. Or, you know, it's just like, it's one of those things where it's like, we're just navigating it on our own platforms first and foremost, and then figuring out what does that look like beyond that? You know, I don't want people to feel self-conscious or like they have to follow specific rules when they're with us. But I also want them to be aware of our intention and what we want that to look like. And so, you know, it's such a nuanced, complicated world we're in with the internet. And so I don't want it to feel like super challenging. I just want it to be known of what our personal decision is. And it was really interesting when I shared our move, there was actually a lot of people in my parents' generation saying like, you know, my children have made the decision to not share their children. And as a grandma, it kills me or like a lot of people like, but I respect their decision to do this. And I understand why they're doing it. And I think at the heart of it, that's like what it is, is that people respect that choice and they understand how complicated the internet is and why someone would make that decision. And so it's just been interesting navigating it. So we've just had, you know, brief conversations with the people that we're closest with of like, here's our choice. This is what we're choosing to do. This is why we're doing it. And then we'll kind of navigate what that looks like moving ahead. I can already sense a shift in people in my family and their thoughts around the matter in a positive way. And also just being conscious of that. And so, you know, it's interesting. And here's something I want to say, because I've never really like said it, just straight up said it. But like, I am very cautious in what and who I share on the internet. And I am very cognizant that there are people in my life who don't want to be on the internet. And there are people in my life who are comfortable with it. And I always ask permission before I share anyone else on my platform or tag any other accounts. Because again, I recognize that I asked for this, like, this is my choice, but it's not other people's choices. And so like, it's funny, because people have speculated, like, Jenna doesn't have any friends or like things like that. I have some amazing friendships that I will never share on the internet, because one, those people don't like to be public. But two, I'm not friends with people so that they can be seen on my profile. And so it's really interesting to navigate 
the internet, especially when you have a large platform. And for me, I choose to keep things more private, more private than you probably have even thought about. And so it's interesting because when I think about like our closest friends, they've never been shown on our Instagram. And so when I think about my platform, I've often just come at it from a place of like, this is me. This is my choice. This is my experience, how I'm sharing things and just try to be thoughtful with what that looks like involving other people, including my own children. And so this shift doesn't feel super intense in that sense, because I've always thought about that. And let's be honest, when we are truly enjoying life, we often don't have photos to show for it, right? And so that has just been something that's interesting is just navigating this conversation with other people in our lives. And 10 out of 10 people have been super receptive, understanding and respectful of it. And so again, I don't know if we'll like never share their faces online for the end of time or until they're old enough to discern what they want. But at the same point too, we're just trying to figure it out as we go and we'll see. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So... Now that we've shared it, we of course are getting questions, which I love. I think it's just a great thing to be thinking of and be contemplative about and what this looks like. I know friends and family members of mine who don't have internet followings express that they've considered it. And I also know a lot of people who do have followings or businesses or brands have really thought about it. And I just want to share how it feels overall. I feel like it feels amazing. (laughs) I don't know how to express it. 
it's really a subtle shift, but it's a big one at the same time. It feels like an exhale. It feels like the truth of living a life offline that feels even better than it looks online. And I have less content to share. I may be sharing less online, but that doesn't matter because it proves that like the photos I'm taking are really for our memories, not for content and really kind of reframing that again and really solidifying that fact. And as my platform has grown, as you know, I've evolved as a human, I've really had to discern the difference between privacy and secrets. You know, there are things on my own personal journey that I just choose to not share. And that's not a secret. It's maintaining privacy as a human being. And I love that I feel like I am able to make some decisions to help protect my children's privacy as they grow. I want them to enter rooms, to enter classrooms, to be involved in different things without this lens of their portrayal on the internet. And I never want them to feel like they are a part of a performance or that they are working the camera for specific purposes or reasons. And when I really think about what I want my children to know and understand is that their worth is not defined by strangers on the internet. And that is something that I have had to learn and am continuing to learn and to navigate as a public figure. And if I want my kids to believe that, I have to model that, right? And I have to show them that. And so it's just been interesting. I feel like I'm still very much on this journey for myself of like, what does this mean for myself? How do I want to protect my privacy? What do I want to share on the internet? How do I want to share things on the internet? And I'm trying to find that balance for myself and for them. You know, like in a perfect world, my kids would not have phones or social media. Like I... I don't want them to necessarily be a part of navigating this world, especially at a young and impressionable age. And so if that's an important value of mine, then keeping them offline and not a part of content and not able to see how many likes does a photo get or what are the comments on how cute they are or things like that, then this is a step that allows us to get closer to that ideal of the values. And so... I don't know how to button this up. This isn't necessarily a conversation that I feel has an ending point. We're still kind of navigating how we want to move forward with past content, right? Like we've shared so much of their lives. I've gone through and archived more of the recent posts that had their faces in them. But it was really interesting even in doing that. Scrolling back over the last six months, I could already sense that pullback in showing their faces. There was a lot of content that I had shared over the past six months that had already been in this direction without me really realizing it, without me intentionally like, you know, setting that standard for myself. And so we're kind of figuring out how we want to navigate past content. I went through like my website and removed images of them and replaced them with different things. And so for me, it's like right now we're just focused on how we move forward we'll figure out kind of how we navigate with that past content as well. But again, I just want to reiterate, like it's never too late to change your mind. It's never too late to move in a new direction and it's never too late to experiment. And so 
if you are someone like me who maybe was like opposed to that idea of like, oh, of course I'm going to share my kids. My kids are my life. My kids are my favorite thing. Maybe this is just the first seed being planted for you. Maybe two years from now, you're going to make this decision. For me, I feel like looking back now, seeds have been planted for years of me finally making that decision. It wasn't something that I decided overnight. It was something that I was moving towards for quite some time. And if you are someone who has been deeply contemplating it or thinking about it on a deeper level, maybe this is your chance to go and do an experiment like I did. Just try it for 30 days. That's what I did. 30 days, didn't tell anyone, shifted how I showed up, personal decision. If I change my mind, I can go back. And that 30-day test was perfect for me because I was. it just solidified what I had been feeling internally and gave me this confidence of like, I can totally do this. And this feels great. And it feels right. And it's right for us. And it's going to work. And so maybe this is your call to try a 30-day experiment, whatever that looks like. Maybe it has nothing to do with this topic, but maybe it's just a 30-day experiment of showing up more or showing up less or showing this or trying something new. Like I love experimenting and I highly encourage you to experiment because... An experiment is not a success or a failure. An experiment simply yields results, results that give you information to make future decisions and inform decisions. And so if you haven't experimented lately, here's your invitation to do that. But if you want to experiment with this, I highly encourage it. It has been really transformative for me. And I often think again about what Amber said is like, I fear that someday in our future, we could regret putting our kids on the internet. and. I feel really good about taking this step back. And again, this might just be the first step of that. It might expand in the future in terms of what it looks like. But for us, not showing their faces feels like a really beautiful first step. And we'll kind of see what's next. I don't know, but I'm loving it. And I hope that as you continue to follow, you still feel connected to the identities that I wear, specifically as a mom, because as so many of you know, being a mom is the greatest blessing of my life. It is not something I take for granted ever, ever, every single day. I am so grateful for the kids that have made me a mom and also for the pregnancies that taught me so much in that journey of becoming a mom. And so I hope that you respect this decision. I hope that you still love my children as you always have and supported them. I hope that you love them from afar and respect their own little identities and their own independent journeys on this planet. And just thank you. Thank you for following and for being a part of this evolution that I hope never ends. I hope that I contradict myself even more in the future because to me, it shows that I'm growing and changing and evolving. And I hope that this episode just invites you to ask those deeper questions that maybe have not come to the surface of your life just yet. I guess all that's left to be said is until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. And I would love to hear from you on this topic. Feel free to reach out on Instagram and let me know what you think and how it feels for you. Sending you so much love and adoration. I hope you have an awesome, awesome day. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. 
Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home, and thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.